0: Let's get into the Word. Ready for it? Uh, Turn to the book of Psalms, if you would, chapter 27. Psalms 27, and I've been teaching a series called The Real God. Is anybody interested in more? Our, Our text for the series comes from Psalm 34, and you could turn there if you want, or we could read it on the screen. Would you read it together with me out loud? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. So in describing and defining who the real God is, this is an essential belief that we know for a fact that God is good. All right? Say He's good some of the time. He's good to me all the time. What say you about you? He's good. And I don't want that just to be theory, you know, impractical belief, but an experience that we have. You know, uh, if we ever think otherwise, that God is less than good, um, there's a misunderstanding somewhere. And if we have, uh, we've either misinterpreted scripture, we've misunderstood an event that took place in life, And this is common, by the way. It's common. Uh, Some people are not in church or don't have a relationship with God because they can't reconcile all the garbage going on in this world and all the suffering with God being good. They think Christians are, you know, burying their heads in the sand. You say, God is good, but look at all this stuff. They don't understand delegated authority. They don't understand free will. They think that God's responsible for all the junk, and he's not. It's this faulty teaching that God is in control of everything that is so damaging, so harmful. And it's trying to reconcile that, that that becomes very difficult unless you understand how God works and the things he does and doesn't do. Uh, But since this truth is known, since we know that God is good, and I don't wanna rehash that again and again, the next logical question I think is this, how can I experience that goodness? Okay, lest there be a disconnect between who God is and what I, what I experience in my life. And by the way, that disconnect exists all day long all over the planet. Because God is not going to change based on my belief. He's not going to become more or less. He is who he is. He can't be canceled and forced into change, (laughs) manipulated into changing his position and who he is. No, he just is, all right? My beliefs about him, they are vital, that that they be accurate and correct. But how can I receive the gifts of God? How many know goodness given and goodness received are two different things, all right? If I think that, that because God gives something, then we automatically have that thing he's given, then I'm mistaken, all right? He gives, but there is a necessity of receiving on our part, all right? When both of those come together, see, I can put out my hand to shake yours, but but until you reach out to shake mine, my hand is unshook. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It is hanging there, hanging in the wind, (laughs) right? There's the... There's got to be a cooperation. God reaches out towards us and we reach out to receive, to accept. And so uh, every good and perfect gift is from above, but how do I get these gifts to manifest in my life? And this is where I remove the disconnect between God is good, but my experience is not. I want there to be a, a, a connection there. God is good and so is my life with him. So is my experience, even in a fallen world, I get to experience good things from the Lord. Okay, so Psalm 27, I want to read here beginning in verse 11. 27, 11, if you can, look at it with your own eyes and your own uh, Bible or device so you can see it for yourself. He writes here, teach me your way, O Lord. Yeah, do we need taught the ways of the Lord? We're not going to automatically know them unless we're taught. So a good, that's a good prayer already. Lord, teach me your way lest I have ways that are different. And lead me in a smooth path. All right? Aren't you glad for a smooth path over a rocky path or a path with potholes? Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. So that's a bad situation he's in. You think he's being affected by this? All, this, all these threats, all these lies. Has he, you ever been lied about? Has anybody ever threatened you? Maybe not in the same way David was, but I think we can all relate to this on some level. Someone has said things about us that was not true, maybe hurtful. They blamed us or even threatened us with, you know, action of some kind. And it was affecting David. In fact, he says in verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of Of the living. He he said this these attacks they have been so severe that I I could have given up. I I, I totally would have caved. What, What saved David from giving up, from losing heart? His belief did. His belief was the only thing that sustained him. Likewise, it's also true with us. Pressure will come, attacks will come. And the, the devil works in, in such a way where he tries to wear people down by hitting us again and again and again. And we resist temptation and we resist attack and we stand firm in the Lord and, pre, you know, and declare his word and speak the name of Jesus. We bind and loose and do what we do. And then we wake up in the morning and here comes another one. Well, what's that designed to do? To get us to give up, to lose heart, to, 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 to back off inwardly. What saved David is what saves us. He said, I I had to believe. I had to believe. Now, now he didn't say he had to believe in. He said he had to believe that. Uh, King James Bible says, I believed to. A lot of people believe in, and all they know is I believe in God. But what do you believe to? Okay, we'll come back to that. Um, his belief was the only thing that stained him, sustained him. <laughs> Likewise, it is our beliefs that will sustain us. Our beliefs are the make or break point of our hearts. And whenever we lose inwardly, we are about to lose outwardly. Sometimes we think, because it's an easier route, that if I'm... Facing a battle, a hardship, the solution is for that thing to just go away. God, remove it. But what needs to take place is God works in us and through us, and that's what removes. That's what overcomes the problem. I want the problem to go away, don't you? Just get it out of me so I don't have to lift a muscle, so to speak right? I don't have to expend any spiritual power. But God's way is that we overcome from the inside out. I get victory inwardly. The enemy wants us to cave inwardly. It's like the old uh, uh, football coach that made that statement um, that, uh, uh, let, me, let me try to get it back here, um, that uh, Did you hear that? You go away. I pause and she fills in. I wonder what she found on the web. I got it without you, thanks. It was the old quote that says, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Who was the author of that? No, Vince Lombardi, that football, yeah, okay. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. And thinking of that in the football sense, you can see how that would be the case. When it comes to spiritual attack, that's also, you know, there's truth that coincides with what we're saying. It's that inward belief that will sustain our strength. That's why I've got to have that be right. Proverbs 4.23 reads from the NLT, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, the statement above all else is huge because that's an absolute, that's nothing under that. Guard your heart more than your money, more than your, your online identity, more than your family, more, above everything. Guard your heart. Why? Because everything else is coming out of that. Yes. But how many of us don't do that? I mean, we'll, we'll spend money and take, go to extreme lengths to protect our possessions and so many things, and our heart is wide open for the enemy to attack. Okay? And someone said, I don't even know what that means to guard, gu- guard my heart. Think about it this way. Um, Romans 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Your heart is your believer. Yeah. Your heart is the source... Uh, of your beliefs, so if I'm guarding my heart, I'm guarding what I hear and the thoughts that exist, so that my beliefs are not corrupted. If my unguarded heart will believe wrong things, a guarded or protected heart will pay very close attention to what feeds it. All right, I'm talking about listening to things that feed our faith in an in an improper way, that feed us lies. Uh, it, feeding your faith on messages like this, when I say messages like this series, uh, the real God, it, it, it can save us. So it will save us hardship, trouble. Sometimes can save us from death. It'll definitely affect the quality of our lives. But too many times we go too long in between feeding our heart, our faith, on uh, truths like this. I don't mean it's the only thing in the Bible. There's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. We need messages that inspire victory, that inspire faith to overcome, to to receive the promises of God. And you'll notice that I teach various series to that end. And, you you know, I don't always say it this way, but my thought is I need to help people believe right because they're under attack. They got challenges. They got problems. I need to strengthen their faith. All right. We see in the book of Acts that... uh, Paul and his team, they would go out and they would uh, preach the gospel in places that hadn't heard it before. Those would get saved. They'd start churches. And then later they'd go back around and their purpose for visiting people was to strengthen them. I mean, really? You went through all the expense? You traveled? You brought a team? You came and spent time here? And it's expensive and it's timely and travel in those days was difficult. And the only reason you came here was to make people stronger? To strengthen them? Yes, because that makes the difference. Yeah. I've got to remain strong. And, uh, uh, and, and so we've got to feed our faith on the right type of messages. So guard that. The verses prior to 23, beginning in 20, you're familiar with this or heard this before. Proverbs 4.20, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. For they are, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So that's a part of guarding or protecting our heart is to make sure that we are keeping right words before us. Godly, overcoming, victorious promises, God's ways. I keep these before me. It doesn't say hear them once and you're good to go. Or just learn the principle, and now you should move on to other things. No, in order to experience life and health, we have to keep these before us always. All right? Uh, This is a good reason to remain in a good church that teaches these principles. Okay? There's a a, a misbelief that goes like this. It doesn't matter where you go to church as long as you go. Well, if that's true, why would God ever tell anyone to go anywhere? Why doesn't he just say, I'm not talking to you about that? He does lead people. It's not all the same. We need to follow his his leadership, his guidance in our lives. Now, we're not the only one he would lead people to, but I'm, I'm saying... I'm saying it's important. We shouldn't dismiss it. Say, well, it's, we're all, we all worship the Lord. We all worship the Lord in our own way. And, and that's that goofy teaching that why you need to be in a good church. Because we don't worship the Lord in our own way. We worship the Lord in His way. <laughs> but we have to have our, our faith continually fed or it could really, really cost us. We have to have a, a, a spiritual diet that feeds us victory. Um, Uh, Let me say it this way. If If a church doesn't, for example, teach healing, divine healing for the physical body, potentially you could die. I mean, not everyone has a terminal disease or gets one, but some do. I mean, we have people in our church, in our church now, they would be dead if we hadn't given the messages, the teaching and the practice that the Lord showed us about divine healing. Because their disease was, was terminal. Did it, did it matter for them that they were here? Yes. It did. So, hallelujah. It's important we keep the right thing before our eyes. It really does matter what we believe. Our belief, like David, could lead to giving up. Or our belief could lead to, I'm going to stand strong And overcome. Hallelujah. Again, now, David uh, said that he believed to see. He believed that he would see. He believed to, not just believed in. That's a, I think it's a misunderstanding of faith when someone just talks about faith as, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus. But what do you believe? What end result are you believing to, uh, to see, to experience? Okay, because it doesn't matter if God is good if I believe He's not. Yeah. Now, my belief that He's not doesn't change that He is. He is who He is. He does what He does. But my beliefs connect my life to what He is, to who He is, to His promises, And if my beliefs are wrong, they're still going to sink me. Okay, let me say it this way. Sometimes people will say things like, my faith is really important to me. Okay, all right. What does that mean? What is your faith? More specifically, what do you believe? Here's my point. Faith is a powerful thing. And if you believe that you're going to die, your faith could kill you. So it's really my faith is really important to me. <laughs> what do you mean? It's how I live in a curse. I expect bad things to happen, and they do. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong, and it'll happen to me, right? See, that, that is a belief. That is a belief that attracts negative things and gives the enemy access to our lives. So when David said, I believed... Uh, that, that's different than just saying I believed in God or I believed that God was in control. I believed that whatever he was going to do, he was going to do. No, 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 no. That's way too generic and that, the enemy will jump on that all day long because it's an open door for him to attack because your belief is not specific and it's not strong and it's not in something that God has said. He said, I believed, what did he say? To see, or that I would see the goodness of the Lord. So that is a a belief I think we should all have and we should all adopt if we don't have it. All right, What's going on in your life? Well, there's some challenges here and there, but I believe that I'm going to see God's goodness in my life. What do you mean God's goodness? Well, in the context of this, uh, deliverance from enemies. A smooth path. In other words, God's goodness was going to be experienced in tangible ways. It wasn't. I believe, and the end result is nothing I could describe, nothing I could testify to another about. It's just, uh, I don't know. I feel good about it. That's not specific enough. You see, uh, when he said "I believe to see," he's talking about his eyes. Yeah. Well, eyes are physical. Sight is physical. His believing produced an end result of seeing different things in life. Seeing change. Not, nothing out here actually changes, but I feel good about it. No, it actually changes in the physical world. We believe to a physical change. Uh, You guys, this is the This is the consistency of all the Bible examples of faith. I say all, I'm not mindful of all. That's the overwhelming majority of Bible examples of faith is that they produced physical change in this world. Okay, read Hebrews chapter 11 for examples of that. People who believed God would see deliverance, would see healing, would see provision, would have great conquest. There were things in the physical world that were altered as a result of their faith. Not just the things in the physical world all stayed the same, but I was altered on the inside. Everybody with me? The alteration of our inward man is to produce change in the outward world. If it doesn't, Somewhere along this path, we disconnected. We were riding down the train track and we cut loose and the Lord kept going and we stayed. There's got to be physical change that is our goal, that is our result, it should be tangible. What would have happened to David if he did not believe to see? Believe to the end result of seeing. Well, I mean, you only you say, well, it doesn't say. Well, it wouldn't be written as it did if it didn't matter. Wouldn't be written as it was written if it didn't matter that he believed that. He believed to see that belief kept him from giving up. That strength that he obtained from believing to see the goodness of God enabled him to overcome. Amen. If that was the case with him, what could happen to us if we don't believe that we're going to see. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm going to stay neutral on this. This is kind of controversial. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't be neutral or passive in regards to faith in God. Amen. We should believe also that we will see the goodness of God. Why spend the last two months talking about God is good, 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 God is good if I don't get to experience it? Just so I can have a good doctrine on a piece of paper? Well, we believe the Lord is good. It doesn't help us, but... At least we're going to sing a song about it. You might recall when... Uh, in John chapter 11 where Lazarus died. story of Lazarus' death. And Jesus was on his way over there. And uh, Martha uh, came to Jesus and said... Uh, Lord, uh, he's been dead four days. He stinks. He stinketh by now. Jesus' response to, to her was this: Did I not, in, in, in John 11:40, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you believe, you would see. What if you don't believe? you don't see, right? See, believe, see, don't believe, don't see. Someone said, well, seeing is believing. (laughs) That's not a kingdom principle. That's a fleshly way of approaching life. I'll believe it when I see it. Believers, just the opposite. We believe something before we see it and it produces seeing. But that's the key component there. It's supposed to produce seeing. If it doesn't ever produce seeing, there's a disconnect. But he said, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. What does that mean? Like a cloud, right? You'll see the glory cloud. No, in the context, the glory of God was the dead being raised to life. Anybody need to see the glory of God in their own life? I mean, obviously, you're not physically dead, but there are things that are dead in many people's lives. And it is seeing the glory that brings it back. How do we get to that seeing the glory? Huh? We believe to see it. Not we say, I'm going to leave it up to God. Stop it. We believe to see it. We're not just leaving it up to God. If that were the case, the world would be perfect. It would be flawless. We'd have the Garden of Eden. (laughs) You know, if everything were left up to God, okay, it's not all left up to God. We got to believe something. And that's why we've we got our heart. We got our heart. He's given us his word. And when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments during that time at Mount Sinai, he was having a conversation with the Lord in uh, Exodus 33 and verse 18. He said, please show me your glory to the Lord. Show me your glory. And the Lord uh, said, he said, uh, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will make all my goodness pass before you. All right? Take that down since you put up too much anyway. (laughs) The Lord described, defined his glory as his goodness. What someone's glory is, is what they're known for. It's what they're praised and honored for. The Lord said... Here's what my glory is. I'm good to you. And I'm going to show you my goodness. Not just tell him. I'm going to show you that I am good. I like this. I tell you what, this is how we can, how we can walk with God. Now, you're still in the Psalms there, right? Yep. After he believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Verse 20, no, verse 14. 27 is the chapter. Verse 14, he goes on to say, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So how how many can see this? He shall strengthen your heart. It is vital for our success in overcoming our enemies that we have a Strong hearts. Believing to see is tied then to waiting on the Lord. Everybody with me? Now, a misunderstanding of that would be, wait, oh, that means I got to wait a long time. That means it's going to be ages before God ever comes through because he's just telling me to wait. There he goes. A day with the Lord is as a 1,000 years, so yikes. <laughs> this is going to take a long time. See, waiting is not the same as being idle and sitting back and doing nothing and being passive. Waiting on the Lord includes an inward expectation. In, in fact, the Amplified Bible of this passage reads this way. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. So he doubles down on this wait on the Lord thing. If you're going to see the goodness of God, this is how you do it. You, You wait with expectation. It started with a declaration. I will see. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life. And then he said, now you wait with expectation. It's coming. It's coming. I heard you've been going through some challenges. Yeah, but it's changing. I have an expectation. Well, why? Because God is good to me. As God's goodness to me does not mean silence. He does not ignore me. He does not leave me in the position I'm in. I'm expecting things to change. I'm expecting things, and they're going to be visible. They're going to be things that I can see. I will see the goodness of the Lord. How does that manifest? Deliverance from my enemies and a smooth path. Smooth path to to walk on. Now, you can see how I think this, the lack of making this connection is why many are confused as to god being declared proclaimed as good yet there is so much suffering in the world the disconnect is what makes the, that makes this thing confusing but now that we know the the bridge in between god's goodness and our experience is I believe to see it. I believe that I will see it. Praise God. So this could, if you believe that now, if you believe these things, then it could be a new part of your conversation. We all deal with challenges, things that come up, and a part of the conversation is, well, this is not going to remain this way. This is going to change. Well, I believe we're going to see the goodness of God. So again, what does that mean? In Lazarus' case, it meant life from the dead, from dead yeah. right? And it could be provision from lack. It could be healing from disease. It could be peace where there's been strife. Yeah. I believe we're going to see the goodness of God. Amen. It could be open doors where they've all been shut. Opportunities where there have been none. It could be guidance and direction where there's been confusion and I don't know what to do. I believe we're going to see the goodness of God. Come on. I believe we're going to see it. come on, on. we're going to see it. And that that is part of the the, the way in which we talk. Now, this language, by the way, the land of the living, I mean, I I know that's kind of strange language, but you can see what it doesn't mean. It's not like after you're dead. Here's what also it doesn't mean when you go to heaven. I believed to see that I would see the goodness of the Lord in this life. While I'm still here, yes. not in heaven. It is one of the big lies the devil uses yep. to keep God's people in bondage while they're on earth. Yep. The lie is this. Well, some people get it in heaven. Some people get it here. Some people get it there. Blah. <laughs> that's, you can see how that, that, that's just a lie. Yeah. You know, some people get healed here. Some people get healed in heaven. Listen, man. No one gets healed in heaven. No one has ever gotten healed in heaven. What would they get healed of? There's no disease there. There's no sickness there. There's no poverty there. There's there's no curse there at all. There's no healing lines. I mean, do we think if someone died of some condition here, some kind of disease, that the first thing they do is they come up to heaven? I so the, got a healing service here? Can I touch the hem of the Lord's garment? You know, I, I need a healing. No, as soon as you step out of your body. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Lord, I'm done with that. The disease is in the body. It's not in the, not in the spirit, but you're already. Uh, my point is that, it, that he declares, I'm gonna see it here. I'm not gonna believe a lie like, well, you just have to learn to deal with this. When you die, it'll, everything will be fine. No, I'm gonna see it here and now. Amen. The enemy always wants to disqualify people from God's promises. Find some reason, some explanation why it won't work or can't work for you this time in this situation. I believe I'm going to see it. Come on, look at somebody around you. Can you look at someone in the eye and say, I believe believe I'm going to see it. it. The goodness of God God. in my life. life. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, there's a little bit of joy on that one. The Spirit of God is helping us. I think you might want to do that a few more times before you leave here today. Find someone and look them in the eye and with all faith and sincerity and boldness, I'm going to see the goodness of God in this life, in my life. Convince them with your eyes. I'm totally going to see this. (laughs) You're probably going to want to be there. You're going to want to get a picture of this. I am going to see the goodness of God. You know what? I kind of want to help a few people with with your own belief. And say, you are going to see the goodness of God. I tell you, He is faithful. He's coming through for you. You will not be denied or delayed. You will see God's goodness in your life. Could you convince a few people? See, that's how faith works anyway. We hear God's word and believe it. And we accept it and get excited about it. Amen. Amen? If there's no smile with your statement, you have to keep saying it until the smile comes. <laughs> until there's excitement. Amen. Until there's, uh, you're, you're convinced of its reality. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us, working among us.